I like to hear you talk so I can hear how, how you sound from there. Okay. What do you want me to say? Well, you're talking now. How are you, Charlie? Hi, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Hello, everyone. I am Mo Sibyl, and this is the Mo Sibyl Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Merciful Podcast, the podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for Black Tunisians and those who love them. I'm your host, Masibel, Nigerian-born, US-educated, Korean-speaking intellectual. On the show today, I have two wonderful people, house guests, actually, they're my house. And I don't even know how to go about um, introducing them, but let's see. I met them exactly a year and some months ago, and I've kind of, I've, I've kind of attached myself to them as a family unit. And it saved my life in so many ways, like in the literal sense of it. I don't know if the kind of stories are going to come up later in the show, but they are a couple. I call them the love buns. That's Charlie and Donna Bun. They are also uh, missionaries with Kai Alpha, and they're going to talk about that. And um, they've been married for about 30 years. 30 years. Uh, they actually had their anniversary last month. And they have a very unique story, which I want to explore more of that during the show. But first, everyone, join me in welcoming the love buns, aka Charlie and Donna, to the show. Hello guys. Hey Mo. Hi Mo. So um, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I'll start with Donna. Well, I was born in Montana, grew up in Montana, South Dakota, Wyoming, ended up in, at the university in Oklahoma, the um, Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Went to college there and came to Oklahoma and stayed, except for about nine months that I lived in Arkansas working at a children's home where I met Charlie. We met there and it was love at first sight and we um, we ended up staying together and moving to Oklahoma and getting married in Oklahoma where we lived for, we lived in Bartlesville for a while and then we moved to Oklahoma City and a couple places in between, but we ended up in Oklahoma City when we started working with college students with the Kyle Alpha Ministry. Wow. I've had a story many times, but it feels like I'm hearing it for the first time today. Charlie, your turn. <laughs> I'm originally from uh, Searcy, Arkansas. And, uh, How do you spell that? S-E-A-R-C-Y? S-E-A-R-C-Y. Oh, Searcy. <clears throat> Sounds like Searcy, but it's Searcy. Searcy. Okay. Searcy, Arkansas. Um, from there, I moved to Texas to go to college and then moved back to Arkansas for a little while. And while there, was working at Hillcrest Children's Home, which is now called Compass, and met Donna. As you she were supposed said. to be working, Charlie. Yeah, and so <laughs> working for God. That's I mean, it. you yeah. you got called out for a different ministry, huh? That's right. <laughs> and from there to Oklahoma to Bartlesville and Chickasha and and Oklahoma City and Edmond. Yeah. And uh, twenty one years yes. now working with Kyle at the University of Central Oklahoma. A total of twenty three years of Kyle ministry. Oh. So, Thanks for that. So you guys want to tell us a little bit more about Chi Alpha and what the ministry is about and specifically what your roles are currently? Um, we're the directors or campus pastors uh, for Chi Alpha at the University of Central Oklahoma. And Chi Alpha um, is there, it's a ministry and outreach to usually the secular university and it's to reach out to students, both American and internationals. Uh, the idea is um, of our theme is to reconcile students to Christ, transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. So reaching students and discipling them while they're at college or university and preparing them 
for reaching other students as well as going out into the marketplace and uh, reaching people with the gospel um, once they're in, in the marketplace and in the world. Because um, we get a lot of students from all over the U.S., but also I think in the last 20 years we've encountered students from 125 different countries. And so working with those students and doing our best to impact their lives so that when they go back wherever it may be, I, there are countries we would love to visit, we'd love to go to, yeah. but even if we never do, hopefully there will be an impact that's made through the students that we've been able to play at least a small part of their life. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. 125 countries mean that you have potentially 125 places you can go, and that's a lot. A lot of vacations. We would love to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should get you guys there. <laughs> do you want to add more to that? Um, just that we just love what we do. We just are so blessed to do it. I mean, who gets to meet that many people from that many different places and not even leave the town we live in? Yeah. It's just so special. And I've learned so much from those students. They've educated me in many ways and given me a lot of laughs, but also a lot of inspiration because they are just amazing that they would leave their country, be brave enough to leave their home and their country and come to a whole new place where they know no one. Especially Oklahoma City. Oh, and why Oklahoma I City? Know. I love Oklahoma City, don't get me wrong, you but why it. Oklahoma City? So <laughs> I so I always think it's wonderful. And there have been many times I've asked, so why UCO? You yeah. know? And there's a lot of different Super reasons. <laughs> that is one of them. <laughs> one of the safest universities. Yeah, it's one of the safest mm -hmm. universities around. It's also one of those... Um, and we just call it a God thing yeah. because on the surface, there may not seem to be a lot of things that would draw someone to one of the universities here in the uh, middle. Sure. The you know, they, call, they call Oklahoma one of the flyover states. You I'll know, drive over in my state. You through it to get somewhere Even else. Even the map of the state tells you to go somewhere else. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, once people <laughs> get here, they love it. Yeah. Uh, they find the safety, the um, just the friendship. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot more, because it is safer, it's a lot more comfortable and seems a little bit more accessible to get to know people yeah. because you're not always on your guard. Uh, some people that have come from larger universities or larger cities yeah. find it hard at to trust first people, because yeah. they're like, okay, why are what you are, talking what to me? Yeah. What are you doing? Am I going to be kidnapped into a house? And in <laughs> fact, we have to be careful with students that we've had for a little while that if they're starting to move somewhere else, like even know. into the city, I'm like, okay, you're not in Edmond anymore. There's a reason there's a big metal door. We're not in Kansas City anymore, Dorothy. It's like you have, you know, it's a good thing, you know, to have that. The students come from so many different walks of life to, and like Donna said, our horizons, our world has, it's, it's kind of funny, it sounds like opposites, but it's grown bigger and smaller all at the same time. Our worldview is much bigger. Yeah. I have to remind myself, even when I'm talking with some of our American contemporaries, that I have experience and knowledge over the last 20 years mm. that they don't. Because even some people's attitudes or actions and, and the way they, they think about things, they're not basing them on the same things that I am because mm. we've encountered 125 different. Yeah. And the context that is in there, we've been able to have a much broader worldview mm. and see things kind of vicariously through those students' eyes, mm. especially once you get to know them pretty well. And they begin to open up, and it's not those surface things. You know, when you first meet someone, oh, where are you from? Yeah. You know, what's your major? Yeah. Do you have any 
you know, brothers and sisters. Yeah. What does your mom and dad do? Yeah. <laughs> Once you get past all that all and they face. start talking yeah. about how they feel about those things, where they're from, what's going on, and uh, the difficulties in some countries and cultures, as well as the things they're very proud oh. of, those things that, you know, okay, when you go back. Try to think of a word for you guys. So one of the big things about this podcast is cultural nomads. So as you know, I'm Nigerian, I speak Korean, and I live, I've lived, I'm living in America. I've been living there seven years now. You guys remind me of stationary cultural nomads. Like as opposed to going out there and meeting people, people come to you. So you still have that cultural um, rich experience, even though you don't get to like travel all around. I find it very convenient and good. And um, so you're talking about things you learned. I think earlier on when we were having the meals, I'd made something spicy. It was the good, good curry. And like mm. in the past, you couldn't tolerate that. And I can see how your taste must have changed as well. Like even the food, because you guys cook it's a true. lot. So one of the things you do, Hers guys, have. Hers oh, yeah. she was from Montana. Like. Well, my mom put no spice in anything. When so you say nothing. spice, you mean no life, like not even salt. Not even Hard, salt. Hardly any she salt was or super pepper. Was she German? Or... No. no offense to German people. No, but, um, <laughs> German people are good. I'm German. But she just, it was a health thing. Because, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. So we just didn't. Everything was very bland. Until you met Charlie. Sorry, Mom. Yeah, I almost got in trouble. We were having dinner one time, and we were having roast. And I, I turned to Donna and said, uh, where's the gravy? She goes, shh. Mom doesn't do gravy. I go, what do you mean mom doesn't do gravy? Said, like, is she not American? Is is it, and she's like, shh. Was it Thanksgiving? No, it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was a nice meal. And I'm, I'm looking around and, and I'm like, okay, this is something we should discuss before we said I do. I mean, this is, it's a deal breaker. Gravy Are you willing to have gravy with me? <laughs> no? Okay, bye. Here, we're done. Oh, well. Culturally, you were talking about learning things from different cultures yeah. even in families i come from a very large family can i say this your dad reminds me of the gang the gang is kind of, of america <laughs> <laughs> well let's just say dad was very prolific <laughs> it had a very large heart yeah lo lo large family and donna's from a smaller quieter family my family is very loud very boisterous i mean how many siblings again that you know of um yeah i think the current count is seven <laughs> correct was that an update okay. recently um, you wanted to start like a gofundme slash an ancestry.com and it's that tracing <laughs> everywhere your dad has traveled to put a poster out yeah. have you seen this man <laughs> he might be your daddy call Mari. <laughs> yeah, one of those like, who's your daddy <laughs> could, this, your daddy be? could this be him <laughs> yeah. but then you know you get with different cultures and the way they do things differently like in my family growing up in middle america and especially kind of in the south um to be respectful, you always said ma'am or sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, uh, to your parents especially, but anyone else in authority, basically anyone quite a bit older than you, yeah. old enough, you know, not just your brothers or sisters if they yeah. were older. So that was my family growing up. Well, then we get into Donna's family, and I said yes, ma'am, and her mother thought I was being sarcastic. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, because they didn't say ma'am or sir. Well, or, it wasn't uh, something kind of like we that. Used. Bless your heart, thing. Southerners do. And some people find it offensive. Bless your little heart. Um, <laughs> When you say it that way, I know you kind of <laughs> dissing me. Well, my or mom, bless my you, mom used bless to say, me. Yeah. bless yeah. your little thumping gizzard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that 
is very distinct about you compared to um, other people that are not involved in your ministry. It's just how culturally patient you guys are. And I think by virtue of being um, in touch with so many international students, that rubs up on you. Let me give you an example. When I talk to people that are not used to international students, and I was talking to them, they have this look on their faces. Like, you know they can't hear me. Like, can you say that again? Like, oh, dang it. But I remember the first time I met you guys, was a simple we have been friends for a long time. You could hear me very well. Because I'm sure you've been around people that had different kinds of accents. So mine was just like, throw that in a mix. So I like that. I'm not saying that people that don't hear me, you know, they're not like, you know, competent people. But it made me really feel closer to you guys. And even what you guys do on Tuesdays, like the whole, like, so on Tuesdays, they have like free meals for students. They have a lot of students coming in and just having a free hot meal. And it's not like, you know, burgers, like real good members. They've had Korean barbecue. They've had like, you know, a whole buffet of food. Like the, the, the like Charlie and Donna takes us, they take this seriously. And having a home cooked meal, knowing that somebody prepared it from scratch. I mean, that kind of, for free, by the way, that kind of communicates a sense of community, a sense of importance to these kids. How long have you guys been doing that specific part of it, like the free meal assistance? Oh, wow. At least 18 we, years? Yeah, um, probably 18 years. Um, you know, they're not looking for a place to sit down. They're not looking for a place. What they're looking for is a place to belong. They're uh, someone to care about them and just to hang out, listen to their story, yeah. to talk, to communicate. read some years ago and it made sense to me because I grew up in a truck stop restaurant. And the cafe effect basically says this, that at a table, uh, sharing a cup of coffee, a glass of tea, or a full meal, that it's level ground. Mm. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been, what socioeconomic level you're at. Um, at that table, you just bring your life there and you mm. share it with each other. I can remember when I was working at Hillcrest Children's Home, I'd had my own small business doing home repair, remodeling, painting, all kinds of construction stuff. Um, but I went to work at Hillcrest Children's Home. And when I went there, it paid so very little. They gave you a place to live and food to eat. I didn't have my own transportation. And having to rely on someone else. And it was one of those things that I knew it was a lesson that God was teaching me, maybe in humility, but also dependence, mm. dependence on him, on and even dependence on, on others. others. Yeah. So fast forward to being at the university and seeing students. Uh, I remember, you know, students that were walking down the road. There were five Asian students walking down the road with Walmart sacks. You know, yeah. you can easily see what a Walmart sack is. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the nearest Walmart was two or three miles away. Uh, so they had been walking all the way. from there mm -hmm. to the university. And I, I kind of chuckled and thought, wow, that's a long way, even for our internationals who walk more than most Americans. And so we started a ministry called the Shopping Ministry, which got a lot of the young ladies' attention in Kaiafa. They're like, shopping and ministry? <laughs> Together. Oh. How does that work? It's <laughs> first word. What was What was the second word about? <laughs> so we started... Picking, taking students, shopping, doing those kind of things. And, and oh, like just, the air just being, and all that. Doing yeah. the errands. And 
then doing the same things with the international office, yeah. uh, whether it's picking up students from the airport. Oh, I had to say that the airport run. Like, yes. people might just dismiss it. It's just a ride from the airport. No, it's a big deal. And you guys do a lot of airport runs. You go pick up the students. You just only do, you don't only do that. You take them to have a meal, and then you let them rest a little bit, and then take them shopping or Walmart, show them how to shop, especially for those that have, like, language barriers. Um, how many years have you guys been doing the airport run? And I'd like to ask Donna that. Oh, wow. We've probably been doing the airport front runs for 12 oh, years, wow. do you think? 12 or more because Maybe more? We, we on the scale that we do it now, at least 12 to 15, probably 15 years. Wow. Prior to that, it was a friend would say, hey, my friend is, you know, one of our yeah, students. Yeah, an old student. Oh, my friend yeah. is coming in or someone's camps. coming yeah. can you help me? And uh, which was very interesting way of, of doing it. But now it's very much more organized through the university and so we have a lot more information it's a lot more regulated and scheduled but it's still a lot i tell people you've never lived unless you've taken 13 chinese students to walmart at 4 30 in the morning did i go that early oh i didn't do the early one i didn't really clean it (laughs) when the students are coming in you know they some of them have literally been traveling for more than 24 hours exactly and so they arrive and to us it's 4 30 in the morning but to them it's 4 30 in the afternoon and it's like a baby that also they know is it. someone is helping you know and yeah. i'm going to take advantage of this time and yeah show up with a lot of things but pillows blankets sheets are not high priority when you're packing a 50 pound bag yeah. you're trying because you know you can get that here yeah I, I, I mean, it was really humbling for me because the first time I did that with you guys last fall with the students that you attached to me, I've taken a lot of things for granted. So I came here, I could speak English. I didn't really need help a lot as far as having to explain what things were. So having to take those students around, I was like, wow, so many things I take for granted. Even the concept of like combining stuff and the concept of cash back, having to explain cash back to them. It was like, wow, they, like, they, they didn't understand it. And I had to think of how I could pick better pictures. It's like kind of ATM, but it's very convenient. You could just, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. And it really made me understand that, wow, like, my own international study experience is so different from these guys because they have a lot of additional factors. You know, they're undergrads. They, you know, they have to, like, be very mindful about money, which I still was when I was a student. But then the, the language barrier, like, you know, having to, like, find ways to, like, explain concepts to them. And you know, make them feel comfortable. It's okay to ask questions. It's not a nuisance. You can ask me as many questions. And so that was really. Yeah. But God, for some reason, has given us, I don't know, a certain amount of grace or something, working with internationals that it's things that frustrate it, others doesn't frustrate. They don't necessarily no, frustrate. Now, we love now, it. It's it's a process yeah. that has grown over a period of time, kind of like Donna's taste in spicy food. I mean, she was at a she was at a negative four, and she's probably at a five well, now. Yeah. But also, that's been through experience. I feel like I can invite you to Nigeria anytime soon. I feel very. Confident I am excited now. about that. <laughs> but you know, also the thing you were talking about, um, language barrier that yeah. people don't hear you. Yeah. You know, the first time I talked to someone from Africa, they were from Kenya, yeah. not Nigeria, Nazi. but Nancy. Nike um, Mango. What's up, Nike? Yeah, <laughs> if you were there, hi. <laughs> but, um, 
I, you know, poor girl. It's a miracle that she ended up in our group because she calls and I can't understand her. And I, I feel so bad. I still don't understand her so bad. She's so I so bad. I'm like, now what did you say? I think, you say? I think Mecca has her own language. Like, maybe, it's different from Swahili maybe. or anything. She has her own language. Yes. You know, uh, but thankfully, I got enough out of the conversation that I knew where she lived and yeah. was able to tell her, okay, go find this person. Go knock on their door. This is their room number. Yeah. It's right down the hall from you, and they will get you to Chi Alpha. Yeah. And we had a love relationship since oh, yeah. 2000, I, mean, just, I don't know, oh, for years. Yeah. Someone asked me, they said, man, you understand uh, the, all these people. Do you speak many languages? I said, I speak international. <laughs> and they said, well, what does that mean? I said, it means I listen. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, sometimes that's as, as simple as I like it is, that. is that you just I speak international. You, listen. You and listen. And we have to realize, I mean, we have to be empathetic also of the fact that not everyone of our American friends have had the same experience that we've had. Yeah. That we've been blessed to be able to have the encounters that we have and the experience of working with people from so many different places. And so we have to be more patient. And then we feel like it's, you know, in our purview to help teach others to understand more about other cultures yeah. and other places. And the students were riding to the airport one time and they were mixing languages. And I heard my name. I said, what are you talking about? I said, oh, we were commenting on, on your driving. I said, well, what were you commenting on? And it was funny because they said, we were commenting. He said, we think you could drive in Nairobi. I said, oh, is that a good thing? They said, oh, yeah. when you are late to the airport, it is a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, speaking of childish driving, every time I've been childish, <laughs> it really helps in my spiritual life because it takes me closer to, you know how that song, Near, Near My God to Thee, is that's how, you know, I imagine Charlie. I, I do what he's, I can. He's Whatever a fast and serious driver. I just tell people I've been married to him for 30 yeah. years and I'm still alive. You know, so you know okay. what makes it good? I see you sitting, because you, you know, you guys sit in front. He's driving you and passengers sit in front. And I'm at the back with the other student. I'm like, Donna's ever moving the muscle and she's been married to him for 30 years. I'm good. Like, you know, because usually I'll press my imaginary brake because you, you take over so many risks, but he's never got into a car crash. I'm like, I mean, my, my international student experience, I think what really made it really rich was by virtual people that I met. If I didn't meet, you know, people from Kaiofa, for example, and the other communities that I made, it would have been a totally different experience. I probably wouldn't be as comfortable with other people. Because through those organizations, I could mix with other international students. But the commonality was that we're all there to kind of, you know, love on each other and, you know, be there for each other. So I, Thanksgiving holds a special memory for me. Like every Thanksgiving, it's, I look forward to celebrating every Thanksgiving. It was never a holiday we celebrated back in Nigeria, but here in the U.S. it means a lot to me. And that's because of, you know, the kind of experience I've had over the years. Mm. So that's that. And um, speaking of which, you have two kids. Right? Yes. And your kids are so, they're international kids. So much so, I know your son has been, he went to Haiti to help out. Your daughter raised money as well. Yes. And she's a missionary, like she's like a pastor now. And she is, she's a pastor. That. She's yeah. been to um, El Salvador. Yeah. She's been to Jamaica. She's been to Haiti on doing missions work. And then she now is a, a pastor to middle schoolers. She's just punky and fired. Right. And I wasn't there when, they were growing up because I just met you guys like a year ago. I would like to imagine that based on how you guys raised them with so many internationals, they kind of opened their world and they were able to like see the world as just the next street down, you know, over from our house. Would you say I, that kind of impacted their 
their life choices as well? Definitely. They've mentioned it more than once to us that wow. they're thankful for that. I mean, so many things we were able to do with them from different countries. Originally, when they were kids, from Japan, from from Africa, from Kenya, from from India, from from all over the world. Even the opportunity to to in second grade for my daughter to bring, you know, she's supposed to bring something on different countries and she picked Kenya and so she brought Kenyans, you know, and so <laughs> all the kids were Ingenious. like, this is not fair. You know? That's not fair. She brought little Kenyans. <laughs> and they love it. And even in the work she does now, she has mentioned that, yeah. you know, she works with a church that's very much an international type very church. multicultural. You, you were mentioning Ethan. He had done uh, two other short-term trips to Haiti, uh, spent a week or or more there, and then uh, two years ago? Yeah, a year and a half ago, right? A year and a half ago, he spent three or four months in Haiti doing an internship, working with a mission there, and just lived there and worked. Worked all Uh, over. And so... Like his daddy. (laughs) I think that was... I think he became more comfortable with those kinds of big experience for him because he had never been even hardly outside of. But he of knows here. more about the country now than now, you do. Yeah. I mean, he's more now comfortable. he knows what's going on. He keeps up with what's happening. He did other trips and then did the internship and uh, the friends that he's made, both Haitian friends as well as other people who are working at the mission, now are some of his. You know, greatest friends, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, yeah. his, I think it really stretched him and his ability to even communicate here with Americans, yeah. uh, different groups, different oh. places, and right. he's I, really involved in his church. And I see how that can really, you know, enrich a child's experience. I had it the other way around. As opposed to meeting people from different cultures, I had to read about them because I read a lot as a kid. So I knew so many things about different people's culture and their languages before I met people from those countries. So by moving to the U.S., I could say, oh, I know about your country. I had to know what I've been reading a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's really good. Um, and how proud did you say you are of that experience you give your kids? Oh, there's, I mean, it's off the charts because oh. we love it. We love that our kids didn't see color, that they're not like a lot of people are. Everybody's the same to them. Yeah. They just, they just have a love for it. And I'm just glad that they have that appreciation for it. I think it's, it's a special than, thing. Than even how I grew up. Donna yeah. grew up in a little bit different with a little different. <laughs> Very different. Being, but no spice on it. But being from. <laughs> somewhat at the mid-south area of, yeah. of the u.s um there were prejudices that were around i mean the black and white thing was a huge deal we didn't as far as things people talk about mexicans or anything like that wasn't anybody that was around but it was a very two very separate cultures the black and white of the black yeah. and white and i mean I, I hate the idea that i used to say oh this is my black friend i wouldn't then introduce you as my like a friend. friend of color. Friend. <laughs> I might say, hey, this is my friend Mo, yeah, and yeah. she's from Nigeria, yeah, just yeah. so people would, you know. Yeah, but, I know who you were. But um, it's different. I mean, our children grew up probably the closest thing to colorblind because they were around so many different cultures. I mean, Nancy was <laughs> the just... The kind of got mixed up. I mean, you know, well, they didn't... That wasn't the that first, wasn't thing, the yeah. first thing they thought of. They yeah. described you know, someone. They were, you know, oh. And I'm a little jealous of that, you know, because I think <laughs> yeah. we were raised more with with that, so you know, and yeah. so I would love to be colorblind like yeah. that. Right. 
Quickly, mm. favorite stories, favorite international stories. Mm. Oh, there's so many. Just one favorite one. Oh wow! It's hard there's to pick so one because there's so many over the years. Many years. The campus, the campus has changed, and people said, "What? What are the biggest differences?" I said, "Well, even where people are coming from. When we first came to UCO, mm. the largest people group was from Japan. There were." Almost 400, about 385. I don't even see them anymore. Huge. Now it's not many, one or two. And at the same time, we have a large group from Kenya. So watching and experiencing the clash of cultures, and it wasn't the clash of them and American, it was a clash of Kenyan, African, and having the, the I think time, one of them with time management the time mm-hmm. management you know mm-hmm. all of our our Kenyan friends were on rubber time you know we start when we get there and we end when we're finished and with the Japanese there's a Five start still, there's yeah. a finish mm-hmm. if, if their trains are 30 seconds late they're late yeah so seeing those it was funny because we didn't have to deal as you much let it fight like let it fight it out <laughs> they, those they became friends and then that clash of culture yeah was interesting we just kind of yeah. stood back and mediated because oh, Nika has a lot of japanese friends oh yeah yes that's yeah. why i'm like yes how come we know because yeah. one of them came to see her in austin with her, and they came over to my house and she has another one in new orleans like she knows a lot how do you yeah. know so many japanese well there were so many i mean they by far the large, I mean, there were maybe a thousand international Like, is it the way the Nepalese people are right now? 1,200 at least. Um, they were. What's the largest group you have currently? Is it Chinese? Korean? Probably Chinese. Or Chinese. And, and Indian. And Korean and Malaysian. Koreans are big? Uh, the Koreans are, but most of our Koreans and even a lot of our Chinese are uh, J1, which is a oh, exchange, an right. exchange student. One thing Charlie's also good at, he knows all the visa codes. Because when I talk to my American friends, like other American friends about visas, they don't get it. Like, oh, what visa are you? F1, what's that? What's F2? What's H1B? What's J2? But Charlie, he knows all the codes. He knows all the numbers. He knows things you're not supposed to do. He knows, I mean, that's, that's really good that outside of just your ministry, you're also, you're looking out for, you know, well, part of it is well. helping them learn about God, but also just being there to love them and serve yeah. them. And so yeah. Yeah. I've learned just through the process. I mean, some of the things I've studied, but a lot of it's just through the process of helping students and learning all of the different nomenclatures, all the different names for things and what can be done, what can't be done. And, and trying to navigate even that sometimes of, I mean, I come kind of touchy-huggy-feely kind of background, but realizing that not, not to be offended if someone doesn't want to okay, yeah. that hug. Oh, you understand, it because it takes a process. Understand. Yeah. It's totally a process and who knows what they're cultural experience what yeah. their personal experience yeah. has been and so you just kind of ease into things and help you know try to mm-hmm. help with those but also help them navigate well, and to, to help them not be afraid because sometimes they come unsure they've watched like the time they watch tv shows you know yeah. american tv shows and like the time we had some chinese students i was getting them to walmart to pick up a couple of things and yeah. on the way back their question was should we be concerned about serial killers? Yeah. And Not in my I, was like, I was like, um, no, why would you ask? And then I said, Criminal wait a minute, yeah. what what TV show have you mm, been watching? Yeah. And they're like, Criminal Minds. Criminal I'm like, Minds, no, that's, yeah. not, that's not normal. <laughs> yes, go in twos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Be careful, be smart, but you're not going to run into it. Does Jack the Reaper coming anytime soon? Or, right, you know, right. Yeah. So, 
Um, I think one of the things that I wanted to emphasize from what you guys have said so far, especially for international students, just find people that are like your challenging endurance. And most schools have this now. And also think of your experience as an international student, how you're also helping Americans, you know, really understand you better. Like that coach, that comp- component of cultural patience and listening that Charlie and Donna talked about. So don't think of it like it's always a one-way relationship. Because as much as they're helping you, you're also helping them to know more about your culture. Because if Charlie didn't have all those, and Charlie and Donna didn't have those interactions with the other international students, their wealth of knowledge in, you know, in living with and helping international students were very limited to just one particular country. So you're actually helping a lot by putting yourself out there. And um, along that line, two questions, and it's going to be like, a reverse question. So for like international students, what are some social rules for international students or immigrants? For those that are worried about how do I behave? What are the right things to do? And I know there are no right straight answers to those questions, but I just want to ask, one of my listeners wanted me to ask you, social rules for international students or like for an immigrant. I'm going to have that answer that and then Charlie will answer that. Wow. Let me think about that just a second. Um, I, you know, you stumped me. Uh, as far as special things, just to be willing to ask questions. Wow. Just ask questions. Don't be shy. Be, I mean, maybe they might not understand you at first, but explain yourself and don't feel intimidated, I guess, by an American. Because a lot of times I think that internationals are intimidated. We are not there's no reason to be intimidated by Americans. Uh, Americans are the same. We're all the same. And you need to to be willing to know that you are helping them too. Yeah. Okay, it's not just us helping you. It's it's internationals helping Americans understand your culture and your ways of doing things because it's it's as important for us to know about you as you to know about us. Oh, all right, that's so it's like a two way relationship. Yeah, no. give and take. And a question that will flip around that will be, I have a lot of American students that get so worried that what can I do more? What can I do more? I have said that a lot of times to my friends that one of the hardest things for me to adjust was knowing that Americans can be friendly. And I say this generally, but sometimes that concept of friendship is different. And I do know a lot of American friends, especially those working with international students, they want to know how they can do more. They just really, like I see them almost trying to, I'm like, just relax, you know, relax. Just be more intentional and, you know, be very consistent. You know, show up when you're supposed to show up, help them with little things, and usually um, with time people open up to you. For those kind of people that are like you, that are still starting out, what kind of suggestions should you give them in helping connect more with international students for those that really want to make that connection? You know, I feel like um, the, the hardest part about it is just getting past your comfort zone, getting out of your comfort zone and being willing to take a chance to... Um, because there's always a little fear in something new or something different. And that can go for Americans and that can go for internationals because internationals sometimes tend to stay with their their culture too, even when they come here sometimes. Especially if there are larger numbers. Like right. when we had so many Japanese students, it was together. hard for their English to increasingly be better because they spent so much time with other Japanese students. Some of them even had to make rules of, oh, between 8 in the morning and 5 in the evening, English <laughs> only. Because you can walk out on, on campus and every fifth you know, every tenth person was a Japanese. Was a Japanese yeah, you know? I see that sometimes with my Korean students, yeah. with the exception of BJ, though. They will group together. They will kind Talk of together, yeah. group together a little bit because it's comfortable. It I is. Mean, Even when I'm there, sometimes it's, it's always it's Korean. But with the Americans, it's just it's worth the extra effort. It it's worth taking the time, ask the questions, because 
they want you to ask questions. They want you to care about them and be concerned and interested in their lives. And the things that, that can be done through that, you build a friendship that will last a lifetime and be all around the world from anywhere. You know, I'm going to read my little quote from one of our students. Um, And this is the way I feel. And I think this is the way anyone feels who's willing to take the chance and get out of their comfort zone to do this. And this is what a student puts on um, Instagram with a picture of us. And I just love it. And it says, one universe, eight planets, 204 countries, 809 islands, seven seas, and I had the privilege of meeting you. Oh. Isn't that amazing? And that's how I cry. feel about all of it. Wait, I'm about yes. to cry. <laughs> and it's Are you just, Korean? No, no. Like European, actually. But, oh, really? Um, yes. Wow. But it, it touched my heart when I saw that. And it, it spoke volumes of how I feel. Yeah. And I, I want Tell others to feel that way, too. In the terms that Donna said there, I've used before also, is that comfort zone. We do a lot of things because that pushes way out of our comfort zone because of the perceived goal at the benefit, end yeah. and the benefit of it. So mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people are afraid to reach out and do something with someone because they're afraid of I'm going mm-hmm. to, especially so initially, yeah. they're going to be more forgiving. And I tell students, I said, when I first meet them, I said, you know, you may be one of the first people from a certain culture. I said, teach me. If I say or do or behave teach in a way me. that oh, is different, yeah. I want. I, I not only am I trying to teach you about America, but but teach me. Yeah, I want culture. to understand the other culture more, like that. so that I don't commit some cultural faux pas or yeah. whatever yeah. because of those things. And I've learned so yeah. much about other cultures because I've been willing to be able to be taught also. Yeah. In that, I know you guys don't know this. Well, you kind of know this, but I haven't mentioned it to you. But I've seen. The impact you made, because I've when we restaurant together, while the restaurant together, one of your students that got married and had a kid, and I could see the joy in her face. And I'm like, oh, she was a student. And then recently, you went to uh, Missouri to attend the graduation of one of the students as well. He came back for his masters, and then even the ones that have that have long gone, they still contact you to like you know connect their friends that are coming. I mean, if they didn't trust you the first time, how would they? Why would they want to trust you guys with you know their friends and even the ones that still keep in touch from different parts of the world? That's impact. You're making you know you're making the world a smaller place, and I really like that. Um, I had my first bout of I won't call it heartbreak because it sounded very dramatic, but one of the things that I'm learning now is when you meet students because I don't do halfways. When I love people, I want to love them like you know fully, and I'm so committed. And then I had such a good connection, especially with the Korean students I worked with through you guys. And then when they were leaving, it was like, oh my goodness, like I really cried. It was really hard for me. And then the second time came and I found myself kind of closing up a little bit because I was like, I know they were going to leave because, you know, they come and go. And until like two weeks before, I think the last group went, it was even you done. I was like, hey, go, have you met this Korean student? Like, no, I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, I break it. So I go, go talk to them. And then we connected so much. We had like events planned almost every day to the way back to Korea. But then I still cried. And I, I remember texting that son like, how do you I do it? That. How do you do it? How do you, uh, you know, because it's, it, it's difficult to let them go i would love them to stay mm-hmm. but i know they have to go back for 20 years a lot of people have come and gone but you you always meet the students and i see the look in your faces like you just met everybody for the first time and you don't even think about when they're leaving like how do you keep yourself renewed like i don't, I don't know how, how i can last in this kind of job because my heart will break 
It broke a long time. <laughs> oh, and when you when you text me that, it reminded me of the fact that every time we cry, every time, really, you know, we connect mm-hmm. with certain students okay. definitely that it's not something that's going to go away. Yeah, I will it's tell you that. Just like that same thing, that uncomfortable feeling I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. But it's worth it. You know yeah. that saying. You know your heart's going to be broken. You know, know, saying, it's, you know it's going to be very hard to say goodbye. Yeah. It's better to have loved. Oh, better to have loved than to never love. Yeah. We feel like that God has blessed us with the ability, at least for a small portion of time. And so we don't want to hold back. And it's always that one too that kind of teaches you longer. We've gone through that. We've had to work this out in our own hearts and minds because there are times where it's like, God, I, my heart is breaking. I can't. Can I deal with On that drive to the airport today, you're going to jump there off? You almost feel like taking a ditch or whether to tell someone I'm kidnapping you. (laughs) (laughs) We have felt like that. We've had to go through that, but it has been worth it because being able to invest in someone's life and also for them to touch our hearts and our lives Mm -hmm. in such a way, we just prayed about it and said, God, give us the strength and the capacity to love those that are here this semester with all that we have and let us just expend everything we've got on them. Yeah. So, and then next semester, just fill us back up and give us more because, yeah. and God has, has done that. He's been able to regenerate that capacity to love. And then sometimes it's harder. I mean, we have students that it is so hard to say goodbye. Sometimes we feel like we've left things maybe unsaid or undone yeah. or things were not quite Almost finished. Happened to and, me, yeah. and you're like, okay, but this is what time we've had. And if we have more, if God brings well, them back or yeah. we're able to be there with them, yeah. um, Facebook, social media, email, gosh, international phone calls and stuff now are so much easier, more oh, easier, easier yeah. than what they were I have conversations, video conversations mm-hmm. with students that they're they're wanting to learn more English. They want to continue that. Yeah. And, and uh, some it lasts for a little while, some for years, um, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Uh, and just like for us, you know, you pray for your capacity, um, you know, to expand your horizons, your yeah. borders, so that you're able to do, so that I can, without reservation, just give it all I've got in Very this true. semester, knowing Very that true. God is going to bring more for the next one. And and uh, but it's yeah. hard. I'm not saying it's easy because I you, you'll tell yourself, <clears throat> I'm not going to cry. I know. I'm oh. not going to. There's and no, no more tears. Yeah. 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 Then they start crying. And, and then clear you are crying. You are crying. You are. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. because of the love that God's in it our is, hearts that is, we want to do is. this. And he it helps is. us and strengthens it us. Is. And, and it kind of just reminds you that love has no language. Like, despite the cultural differences, to speak that universal language of love. Oh, and they can see that through you and it makes it. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm preparing my heart ready for the fall. Because I know a new wave of students are going to be here. And, you know, you guys have been doing it for 20 years and, you know. So I have some, um, I have you guys to look up to. Now, finally, finally, you have a lot of projects. You've been helping a lot of students. And one of the things I would like to help you with now is to raise funds for your projects. So can you tell us a little bit about what you need funds for exactly? And if you have like a dollar amount as well. Because we're supported um, through gifts from individuals, churches, organizations, um, there's not like a huge fund that we draw from. We're continuously uh, raising funds yeah. for our monthly support. So that means at times going out, meeting people, sharing with them about what we do, telling them about the kind of campus ministry that we have. Um, And so that's monthly support that pays our bills for us to be able to live and function. Also uh, helping with our ministry center. We have a house called, we call it the Kaiafa House. And so there's projects there. There's 
renovations, building projects, uh, things like one thing that we're doing right now is one of the rooms that we're wanting to renovate to look and a little bit more like a coffee shop and yeah. um, doing some things in there. So we're, we're probably looking at about three thousand dollars or so and this is also able to, to keep helping international students more well, yeah it'll just make it a little easier to function um two ways one during our meal times but also to function to have more than one group meeting going on at the same time right. so we could have one going on in the living and dining area which is a pretty good size area yeah. but the game room right now with a pool table and the way it it's just not conducive to having a bible study or watching a movie or doing anything with a group of people and yeah. so being able to have two separate things going on at the same time would, would help us with that a little okay. bit. Um, the ongoing support, we need those that will contribute monthly just to help us pay the bills. Um, because like anybody else, we have a mortgage, we have bills, utilities, you know, America, it's, just, it's, just part, it's just part of life. I wish I could do it for free. <laughs> there was a, a, a rumor that I, I said from your lips to God, you know. From um, my lips to God's ears. From, <clears> your, <throat> from, my yeah. ears to, from my lips to God's ears. Yeah, yes. people were thinking, oh, Charlie, uh, he's independently wealthy. He has oil wells and stuff. And I'm like, nah, wish. Oh, we have it. Yes. But we travel <laughs> and we ask people to commit monthly. Yeah. Um, and so they make a pledge to commit monthly. We have any, um, you know, people will give anywhere from $10 to over $100 yeah. a month that consistently, and we, we take that and know, okay, this is how we can plan. Um, currently, we're wanting to raise additional funds. Our budget is probably about $1,500 lower than what it should be. Yeah. But we're also praying about... Um, changing some of the things we do which and and how we do it uh with donna's possible employment yeah. and different things that um so that she could be full-time full -time with us. so we would have to replace her salary and yeah. insurance and so we would need considerably more, more okay. for that we're looking at two or three thousand dollars in extra monthly support to okay. be able to that. There's always projects um, on campus, like for our Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. we, we have lots of volunteers that come. Yes. We have about Over 60, 60 last year. Come, but yes. it also cost us oh, $2,500, $3,000 to be able to wow. put on that large of a... Um, to feed 400 to 600 people. That's right, a lot. Right. Yeah. That's, and it's it's not <clears> just, you know, McDonald's. It's like home-cooked, you know, it's turkey. It's good. It's full traditional... Full. Yeah, Dinner the full Monty. Yeah, so it's it's all that, and there's always opportunities that we're looking for. Um, we need additional funds for like even our our weekly meals. Yeah, we we spend on the average of a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars a week oh, just yeah. on the weekly meal that we do. Okay, but then there's other opportunities on campus where always have students that have different needs and and things. They'll conferences that we go to that mm -hmm. we try to help scholarships students, some of yeah. those some of the students are doing okay some students really they just they they just have there's no food, way yeah. that mm -hmm. they they could um, afford, afford to go and so we have people that will help us you know scholarship them to our, our winter conference that we do in, in dallas and then there's one that we do in st louis which is the international student conference and our easter retreat mm -hmm. like like you went on mm -hmm. so there's, there's always students Something. that are needing different yeah. things um like anybody else, repair on vehicles. Yeah. 
repairs on the house. So we're supposed to have extra money just in case some things, oh, come things happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 if you own a house, it, it happens. All right. So I'm, I'm going to call that out. So, guys, um, this is this has been Charlie and Donna. They are Kayafa International pastors, and they're also ministers as well. I have been working with them for a whole year, and um, I used to be a part of Kayafa in Austin. Now I'm part of Kayafa in Oklahoma City, and the consistency there has been, they really, really, you know, are invested in the lives of international students. Anyone that does this job for 20 years, knowing that it comes and go, people come and go, and even the finances part of it, you have to like find ways to raise money. You have to really be very passionate about it. So if you would like to donate to your ministry, consider giving them a donation, like they've outlined, they have different projects coming up. So they even have needs for like weekly donations as well as well i strongly recommend you guys donating to their ministry so for those that want to reach out to you as far as you know i'm going to put the donation piece when we have that but your social media pages and all that how can they reach you guys on facebook or twitter or instagram uh <clears throat> uco chi alpha on on um facebook um or Charlie and Donna, Charlie Bunn or Do- Donna Bunn on Facebook. Donna's, Donna's one in. Yeah, one in. <laughs> I couldn't just say, hello, Donna. Donna one takes in. care Donna of the, with one the Instagram okay. uh, stuff that is there. But right. those are things. And even um, just texting or emailing, uh, ucochialpha at gmail.com. Um, and um, texting, I'm... I'm with yeah. putting my phone number or anything there. If, you if you're listening to this, you're a prospective GCO student, <coughs> an international student, or you're even a current student, make sure you stop by the house. In the fall and beginning of spring, they have full services. By full services, like they cook meals for students. They even have like conversation classes during the week. For mm-hmm. those that want to learn English, they have like the cafe, they have like the um, shopping ministry, and there's so many activities as well. So you don't have to feel lonely. You can make friends. You can meet people from other countries as well. Um, so that's that. I want to thank you guys. Thank you for uh, um, just. I'm 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 not an international student, but I'm still an international person. And I feel like coming to Oklahoma, I had like a second second wave of learning more about you know Americans, making my life in Oklahoma a lot richer without you guys. And thanks to Nancy Nike, by the way, for making the introduction, because she's very insistent. You need to meet Donna and Charlie. You need to meet I'm not doing that very well. I'm sure um, Charlie would do it better in person. <laughs> <laughs> has Kenyan accent than I have. Um, so, but thank you for just what you guys do. I really see the love. I see the genuineness. Um, having worked with you guys for a year, I see just that intentionality. Like you really do love the students. You do stuff for them. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the dinner. Yeah, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, was yeah. It was good. My first time. It was first time. <laughs> it, it was the first time having gold. And she didn't perspire as much as I wanted. So she'd ask me. Um, I was like, hey, Donna, have you had gold before? And you know to ask Charlie, because I just knew Charlie had had it before. Mm-hmm. So have you had gold? She's like, um, I don't know. I haven't. I'm like, okay, um, do you want to know what it tastes like? She's like, sure. It's like, it's like ethnic. And what was the other word? Earthy, earthy. earthy, that's it. It's earthy. an earthy taste. But I think the right word was gamey. It has yes, that gamey, gamey taste. Yeah, that's so like, okay, and it should be It was no gamey. Yeah. It wasn't gamey. So, it was yeah, wonderful. So, so for those that are that are very turned off by the smell of meat or like um wild meat, just soak in the milk for a while. It takes away the. Yeah. I learned that from my Korean my Korean students, by the mm-hmm. way, because it was so chicken. Like, why are you soaking chicken in milk? Like, oh, it's to remove the smell. It's true. Works wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like final one. If you weren't doing this, what would have been your dream job? Wow. You know, I, I think wherever I would be, 
uh, just enjoying spending time with people and helping meet people's needs. And this uh, is before, is it BC or AD? You know, there's before Christ, Charlie, and there's after death, Charlie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I enjoyed people to a certain extent, but I, I after Christ, I, God gave me more of a love and a trust. Yeah. I, I don't think I trusted people very, uh, very much before, yeah. or I was suspect of. Some, I don't see that. Something mm-hmm. funny. I never could have imagined you being that way. It's just um, so totally different. That's interesting. Yeah. Christ a little bit. Um, I mean, oh. there's so many things. I mean, you know, you think even now, <clears throat> you hear about different things. My world was so small. It seemed growing up in small town Arkansas that I didn't even know certain opportunities or things existed. And yeah. So it would be hard. I mean, now, oh my gosh, there's so many things that limitless possibilities. I would have done. I mean. Going to fight fires in Montana, or go <laughs> take a backpack and travel Europe for yeah. a year. Uh, I I think I now could see myself living in another country and functioning quite well. Yeah. How about you, Donna? You know, I I kind of get to do my dream job yeah. a little bit because um, I went to school for counseling yeah. and I love listening and helping people. And I did work with big brothers and sisters for a while. And yeah. I feel like I can use that anywhere in life to a certain extent. So I feel like I still get to do that and have the best of both worlds oh. at the same time. So, so I, I, well, if you go way back, I wanted to be a Olympic skater, but I don't <laughs> think that was ever in the cards. So oh, yes, we all wanted to do that because uh, we all so ice skated a winner. I heard someone say something one time, or I read it somewhere. <clears throat> it was recently, even I'm trying to remember. It may have just been on Facebook, but it said if God has called you to be a ditch digger, any other thing you would do would be a step down. Mm, that's good. So, you know, I think sometimes we place importance on a certain level of job, a certain level of income, a certain level of notoriety, whatever it may be, but whatever God has called us to do, and this is what God's called Mm -hmm. us to do, uh, anything, you know, we've even had people say, oh, when are you going to be a real pastor? You know, you go pastor a church or something. You know, I don't think they quite, I think what they're thinking of is the economic Area oh, yeah. things, yeah. different stability, kinds of stability, other, yeah. other kinds of things, and they mean well. They're they're not well meaning in that. The thing is, is I think that's true. Whatever God has called you to do, if you're called to be a ditch digger, to be a doctor would be a step down, because you're not doing what God's called you to do. And yeah. and I tell students that they say, "Oh, should I do this? Should I choose that major? Should I do that?" I said, "Look, pray and and find what God wants you to accomplish in your life and do, and then figure out a way to do that." Yeah. Um, some others have even said, you know, find something you really love to do yeah. and then find a way to make money at it because yeah. then you'll you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, because yeah. If you love what you do, you love what you do. And so many people choose something just because of the monetary exchange you'll that is it, there, yeah. the time exchange, different, whatever it may be. And the truth of the matter is, is that if we're just in God's will, if we seek Him, and it's not as hard as people make it out to out be, to yeah. be um, <clears throat> that, that we will be happy and we'll be content and, and that it, nothing will be a step up, it'll be a step down yeah, yeah. from doing what God Even the analogy gave, like a grave digger, like when I think about that, that's a very tasking job, probably doesn't pay much, and some might consider it humiliating, but then if that's what God set you to do and you're doing something else, it's a step down, like how much lower can you go, you know? <laughs> right, right, and will you be happy, yeah, you know, doing yeah. something else? Okay, um, thank you guys. Like. So said it for myself, I've given you guys a lot of hard times. I don't know why you guys mm-hmm. do, you know, keep my number on your phone when I call you and to respond to me. But thanks for just, you know, um, helping me a lot. And even t- thank you so much for opening your hearts and your homes to people like me. 
money, especially international students as well. Um, and I really pray that God will keep uh, blessing you guys. And hopefully with this avenue out there, you can also have all the donations you need. Because I, I do see the need. That's why I brought you guys to the podcast. I really hope you guys get all this money. And so we're going to try our best to get it out there. Thanks for coming on the show. Really, really, I like um, exploring your story. And so for those that are Americans, remember what I said. Be very um, intentional and get out of your comfort zone and be consistent. And that pays off their website. And I'm going to provide that link as well. And check them on Facebook as Charlie Bun, Charlie and then B-U-N-N and then Donna with a single N. <laughs> Bun and also UCO um, Kyofa at Gmail. I'm going to put it up there in the announcement. And don't forget to make a donation, daily donations, um, because whatever you send to them, Ben's belief is going to be used to keep you know helping international students and keep supporting this ministry because it's very important for people like me students like me coming in to have that sense of community to keep you know helping them have a better story in the u.s all right guys that's what that was the show remember to check their website uh, thanks for listening to the show and talk to you guys later bye all right guys that was it <laughs> Well, that was fun. Well, it wasn't until interviewing, interview, right? No, no. Yeah. You will not be surprised. See your name across my smile. See your name across my smile. And I will remember you. I will remember you. I will remember you The way you are right now The way you are right now When I first came into view I was older than you knew Always going out of tune 